theyeshiva.net. Okay, today we're going to do something a little different. We're going to be learning today and tomorrow. Uh, before, and then uh, afterwards, Thursday, there won't be a shear. And we'll take a break till after Rosh Hashanah, because uh, um, Wednesday I'm traveling. So we'll have a shear this morning, and then tomorrow morning. So I just chose a, a sicha, a talk of the Lubavitcher Rebbe that he gave on Rosh Hashanah, that's printed in Lakuti Sichas. And uh, that's what we'll learn. We'll start it today, and Be'ez Hashem, Bli Neder, we'll finish it tomorrow. It's a fundamental concept in uh, that's connected to Rosh Hashanah and davening and uh, the beginning of the year, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, etc. So somebody made copies here. Just distribute the copies beside them. It's in Lakute Siches Chelik page 291. The Lubavitcher Rebbe said this Sicha, this, uh, this talk, this Indian, at a Fabrengen on Rosh Hashanah, the second day of Rosh Hashanah, Tavshin Lamed Vav, Yom Bez Rosh Hashanah Tavshin Lamed Vav, which would be 1975, and it's published in his Lakuti Sichis, volume 19, on Rosh Hashanah. It's in Yiddish, I'll translate. Rosh Hashanah Vav Tishrei, Aleph. In the Raftoir of Ersten Tag Rosh Hashanah, Tchila Sefer Shmuel, but the Zeldwegen Chana Eishas Alkana was the Teichenis as free as Lachana Enyeladim, and the Nacht during the Tefillah Zayndik in Shiloi b'Mishkan is inifkid gvarim mitazon Shmuel Anavi. The first day of Rosh Hashanah is a special Haftarah from the beginning of Shmuel, the opening of Shmuel, the book of Shmuel, Shmuel Aleph, as he brings in footnote number one from the Gemara Megillah Daflamet Aleph. The Gemara says Maftirin bechana. The Haftarah of Rosh Hashanah is the story of. Chana. So, so, Shulchanarach, Ayrechayim, Simon Tovkov, Peydalat. What's the story? There was a man named Elkana. He had a wife, Pnina. Pnina had a lot of children. He had a wife, Chana. Chana couldn't, Chana was, Chana was not blessed with a child. She was very hurt and she grieved it and mourned it. And, uh, as the pasta continues, Eli, the Mishkan, and then there was no Beis Hamikdash at the time. The Mishkan then was in a place called Shiloi, where it stood for 369 years. For the first few centuries of the Jewish people in Eretz Yisrael, most of the time the Mishkan was in Shiloi, besides a few other locations, very brief. And then later, Shlomo David and Shlomo would build the first base of Mikdash. But this is before that. Chana would be the mother of Shmuel, who would be the one who would coronate Shaul as a king and then later David as a king. So this is before the Beis HaMikdash is built. And Eli, her husband, would go to Shiloi, to the Mishkan, with the family. And uh, one year, that's what the Haftar describes, is how Chana, when they went to Shiloi, she went into the Mishkan, and she prayed, she davened at length. As we're going to describe soon, the Kayin Gadol, Eli, thought she was drunk. From how she was davening, he gave her Musa, he rebuked her. You don't, you don't come into the Mishkan drunk, inebriated, get sober and then come back here. And Chana describes to him that she's not drunk. She's in pain because she never had a child and she's pouring out her heart to Hashem. Eli blesses her. And indeed, the next year she's blessed with a son. And she names that boy, little baby named Shmuel. And she says, because she made a promise in Shiloh, that if God gives her a child, she will dedicate him to Hashem and his service. So she names him Shmuel, Kime Hashem She'iltiv. He's like borrowed, like Shaul, with a mem, She'ela, Shmuel. I borrowed him from Hashem. It's like a loan from Hashem. Because he's, uh, he really belongs to God. That was her promise. And Shmuel grows up to become one of the greatest uh, Jews of all of history, one of the greatest prophets. Gemara says, Moshe Ba'aren Bechayanov, Shmuel He was an equivalent to the status of Moshe and Aaron. And he becomes the prophet of the generation, the leader of the generation, and ultimately he would coronate Shaul as the first king of the Jewish people. That didn't work out, he would coronate David, and so forth. 
So that's the Haftarah of the first day of Rosh Hashanah. We do the story of Chana, praying, being blessed with a child, and then giving the Shira, saying a song after she was given the child. The Mechuvan from Kriyas HaAftarah Bechagim, the Ba'ala Haftarahs, is Aderech V'Kriyas HaTarah. The objective of reading a Haftarah on any Yom Tif, and really all the Haftarahs, any Shabbos, it's just like Kriya Satayra. What's the objective of Kriya Satayra? It's Milashin Hayra. The Zdoyhar says, as he says in footnote three star, the word Tayra doesn't mean law. The word Tayra actually comes from the word Hayra, which is lesson, a lesson. The purpose of Kriya Satayra is to learn from it, to glean a lesson in life from it. Haftayra is the same purpose, like Kriya Satayra. He says in three, Haftarah initially was created in lieu of Kriyas HaTarah. There was a time that they didn't allow the Jews to read the Torah. So what did the Chachamim do? They chose every week, you know, the Yiddish cup, a chapter in Navi to compensate for, there was no Kriyas HaTarah when Haftarah started. They did it because they weren't allowed to read the Torah. Fine, so they read the Navi. What, later, once the decree was nullified, such a Gishmaka thing, they're not going to nullify. So we stayed with both. We have the Kriyas HaTarah, we have the Haftarah. So the objective of the Aftar is just like the objective of Kriya Satayra. As Ayid, all their fun uplearning, Ahira in them Avaydu, fun Ayid in them Shabbos and in them Chag. The objective of the Kriya Satayra and the Aftar is that a Jew should learn from it a lesson in the Avaydu, in the life of a Jew, whether it's in the Shabbos that the Aftar is being read or the Yom Tif is being read. No, it's not just um, like Torah Bechlal. It's not just a book of history to learn some story that happened. That's what the Zoyer says. The Zoyer says the word Torah tells you the genre of the book. If it's just a book of history, then it fails because of Ramavina lived for 180 years. How many stories do we know about him over 180 years? I mean, 175 years. Yitzchak lived 180 years. Yaakov lived 147 years. How many? We know a few stories. Six stories, seven stories, eight stories, nine stories. Adam lived <laughs> close to a millennium. How many stories do we know? We know that he ate from a tree. <laughs> That's what we know. We know that he ate from a tree. Tzachanum Gedreit, and he ate from a tree, and he was like, what did he do for a thousand years? I don't know. Huh? He was busy with what? Chvestesh. I don't know. <laughs> okay. The point is, so it's not Stam. Jews were in Egypt for 210 years. The Torah sometimes could go, the whole Parsha's Bereshus, Parsha's Bereshus beginning to end is 1500 years. <laughs> 1500 years in a Parsha. The point of Torah is, it has history in it. But that's what the Zoyar says. Torah is begin the early. It's a lesson. It's a blueprint for life. That's what it is. It's a roadmap for the human journey through a difficult world, through a challenging world. So the Haftarah is also the same objective. We don't read it just to read a story or some other nevuah, but rather as a lesson in life. In der Avoide von Aiden Bereish Hashanah, or Neuch Kama Vekama Eiraz Bechlal. The Chazal say, why did they institute Chanan Rosh Hashanah? Why this story? The Gemara says in Megillah, Lamar Aleph, that we do Chanah. So Rashi says over there, Rashi and Iran, because Chazal had a tradition that Chanah was Nifket. She was remembered on Rosh Hashanah. The Gemara says in Masechta Rosh Hashanah, that Fyad Aleph learns out from Sukkim that three people were blessed on Rosh Hashanah with a child. Not that the child was born on Rosh Hashanah, but on Rosh Hashanah, as Rashi puts it there in Gemara, the Gezerah was established that they should have a child. This was Chan, Sarah, and Rachel, and Chana. And that's what all three we read on Rosh Hashanah. The story of... Everything is mixed on Rosh Hashanah? You're saying everything is mixed on Rosh Hashanah, so what's the Chiddush? (laughs) So you can read any story. You're saying any story, you're saying any story you can read on Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> it's an interesting ha'ara. Rashi says over there in Gemara, I think Rashi says that their Zikaran came before Hashem and Rosh Hashanah and there was a Gzeda established on Rosh Hashanah, a decree that they were going to have children. I guess there was something special on Rosh Hashanah. 
by all three. The Gemara learns it out from Pesukim. From the, the Lashon, it says there's Zecher and Pokad, Hashem Pokad. So Taken, the Kriyas Hatayr of Rosh Hashanah, we read about Sarah having a child. And, uh, and in the Haftar, we read about Chana having a child. The second Haftar, you also have about Rachel, Rachel Mavaka Al-Banaha from Yirmiya. So, that's the correct connection. The connection is that Chana was somehow remembered on Rosh Hashanah. He says, that's true. But like everything in Torah, the Haftar is not just a story she was remembered in Rosh Hashanah, but it contains many lessons in the Avoid of a Jew for Rosh Hashanah and many lessons in general. The Gemara says in Brachas, he says in 6, footnote 6, Kamayim HaChazal, Kamei Hilchas HaGavrus Ike Lemashram HaNekroi Dechan. The Gemara says many great halachas you could learn out from the Pesukim and the story of Chan. So it's not just for Rosh Hashanah, it's general. On Vibal does the Avoid of Asad Gebrach Tzapkidus Chana. What was the avoid? If the main objective of the avoid is a lesson in the avoid, in avoid of a Jew, the service of a Jew, what was the main avoid that brought the Chana being remembered? It was her davening. She came to the Mishkan, her tefillah, she prayed. And that's the whole Nakuda why we read it on Rosh Hashanah, because she was remembered on Rosh Hashanah through her prayer. So it's logical to assume that the main lesson in this Haftarina about the Aved of a Jew and Rosh Hashanah is connected to what? To tefillah. And that's where you learn the great lesson of the Haftarina from tefillah's Chana. Especially there's a very interesting opinion in the Shalah, and the reason we read it on Rosh Hashanah is because it happened on Rosh Hashanah. Not only she was remembered on Rosh Hashanah, it's not Shabbat says she was remembered, not just like you say, everything is remembered on Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is like the day of uh, the head of the year. Rosh Hashanah is the head of the year. So the Shalah says it's much more than that. She was remembered on Rosh Hashanah because she actually died on Rosh Hashanah. The story happened on Rosh Hashanah. She came to the Mishkan on Rosh Hashanah. She went in, so it was actually a Rosh Hashanah Dika story. So we're reading something that happened on Rosh Hashanah, not just she davened whenever she davened, and Hashem decided on Rosh Hashanah to accept her prayer. This is the, what the Shalos says in 7. Mesechter Rosh Hashanah Shaloi, Tafresh Dal, Vuhu Deloike Drashos Chazal, Yalkut Shemani Alabasak, Vaalo Yishahu, Shahoye Beis Aliyah Leregel. That's why he says late today. In Yalkut Shemani, the Medrash says on the Pasak that Elkana used to go up from time to time to Shiloi, that it was Aliyah Beregel. That he used to go for Pesach and Shvuas and Sukkot. And there's a whole story. At that time, many Jews would not be Eilul Eregel. But Elkanah would go with a whole entourage, with whole family. And he made it very exciting. And he would stop in every community. And there was a lot of food and fanfare and celebration. And it inspired it inspired all the Jews to make Aliyah Eregel. And in that context, Chana came to Mishkan. So from that Medrash... It seems that Chana did it during one of the three Yom Tovim Pesach Shavuos and Sukkot. And the Medrash Taka says over there that it was, I think, Atzeres Shavuos. But the Shalab brings another opinion, but the Pesach doesn't say clearly when it was, but the Shalab brings another opinion that it was actually on Rosh Hashanah. And that's the Pshat she was remembered on Rosh Hashanah. Okay, so this is the introduction. That The objective of the Avtair is to learn something. And here the Nekuda is the Tefillah of Chana. So first we have to explain the story that happens in the in the Haftarah. What's the story? The Navi says, Chana is a broken woman. She's a, she's a sad woman. She's, um, there's more Svarim. If anybody needs, there's more, another three copies. The Dafst, page 291. Page 291 in that Sefer. And I have another two here. Page 259 for you. Oh, yeah. Okay, if anybody needs, there's more copies. Yeah. So Chana 
is very, very sad. She doesn't have children. She comes into the Mishkan, and she's davening. And it says, She's speaking to her heart, with her heart. You can't hear her voice. Eli looks at her, and he has this impression that she's drunk. She's intoxicated. And Eli is very upset. And he, he gives her rebuke. How long are you going to... Today's day and age, you would say, how long are you going to be an addict? How long are you going to get drunk? Come into the Mishkan drunk. Get rid of the alcohol. Get rid of the wine. Chana says, Loi, you're making a mistake. I'm a woman who is a broken person. I did not drink wine. I did not drink beer. I did not drink alcohol. I'm pouring out my heart before Hashem. And that's when Eli responds that Hashem should fulfill his request and give you a child. The whole story seems very strange. Aleph. You know what means? A person could make a mistake. But sometimes you make a mistake. It's from one extreme to another extreme. How is this possible? Eli is the Kayin Gadol of the generation. He's a great person. He's looking at a woman who's pouring out her heart to Hashem. So sometimes people make an error in judgment. It's a normal thing. We're human, we're subjective. We don't see the whole picture. But how is it that he could make such a mistake? From one extreme to another extreme. Somebody is pouring out there, davening to Hashem with a shvichas anafesh. He says, v'eshpichas nafshi. And what does he see on her? All he sees on her is she's, she's drunk, she's smashed, she's inebriated, she's intoxicated. He starts telling her, why you come in here drunk? How does such an error happen? We all know, we sometimes see a person who's broken, who's very uh, introspective, who's experiencing a lot of grief, a lot of pain. They're pouring out their heart. Even if you just have a, a basic sense of sensitivity, you can recognize the difference. Somebody who's smashed and drunk, frivolous, somebody who's going through something very serious. How does, how does such a mistake happen? And he adds in footnote nine something very interesting. Rashi says in the story that that day Eli was appointed to be the shayfet, the judge. At that time they were the manhigim, they were like the leaders of the generation. So Eli wasn't just a fainayid, a koyen, a koyen gadol. He was considered the manig of the generation. Even stam a shoifet, what's the main quality of a shoifet? To be sensitive to truth, to examine who the person is, to tune in to the issues at hand. That's the yisoid. Don din emes lamit, you're always looking for the emes. Never just to judge something externally with your own bias, with your own subjective lenses. That's the Amr Shaifet. Certainly when you're the Shaifet of the generation, the Manig of the Am, it says, So Eli like the Manig. So even a regular person you would expect to have better judgment. Certainly a Manig Yisrael, to be able to look at a woman who hasn't been blessed with children, and as a result of that is so much in pain, and she pours out her heart to God, and all he can tell her is, Drunk her, get out of here. Yeah. Very good, very good. That's the Taisus, very good. Taisus Mabasa, yeah. Taisus in Shabbos, yeah, and Babas. Ullah Hayer. The Kayan and Bechlal Shayachim Linyan Amachshava. The Avaidosim Bechashoye Barusa de Liba. In Zoyer it says that Kayanim generally are connected to the world of thought. Their avoid is silence, and with Ratzon Alev, the Leviim were musical, they would sing. The Kayanim, their avoid was done without a sound. It was done by Chashoy, which represents more Kavona. Vegam al Pinigla, Hadayinyonim, Mashahuvdulu, Lavoides, Akarbonis. 
שמחשב העיקר בזה, ולשם שישה דברים הזבח נזבח, ועל דרך זה בשער העבודות. In Pshat, they were designated for the Karbonus. By Karbonus, it's one of the Avodas that a Machshava is fundamental. Some slight discrepancy in Machshava disqualifies the whole Karbonus. You don't have that with other Avodas of Asha. A Koyin is making a carbon, right? And he thinks that he's going to eat it uh, Tuesday. <laughs> Boom. Ice. Ice carbon. The Machshava is a fundamental thing. And it says, I mean, Shechta carbon has to be L'Shem Shishadvarim. And the other avodas, zrika, halacha, kabbalah, because there's four major avodas. So that's so sayal pizoya, sayal pinigla. The koyin is very much tuned into machshava. And yet here, Eli displays the opposite. The opposite. Uh, the opposite of anything that we would expect from a shayfet from a kain. Beis, afilu mizal gefin and naz b'adavi azay eliad gemachdem tos. Even if you'll find an explanation how a person like Eli would make such an error, okay, you'll find it's not chalten it moving. For what's the tzelt moving in them in Torah? Says the chafilu begnus behemet meyale dibur akasam alachas kama vekama lahavil benegay Eli akayin. In Torah, generally, we're very careful not just to embarrass anybody. Even a behemoth, the Gemara says about Vasra, even a disgrace of a behemoth tmeya, the Torah didn't want to say. It says in Parshish Noyach, behemoth sheinena tahir, at the beginning of Psachim, we learned about it. You have to have a good reason, some lesson, some important fundamental issue that the Torah has to say it. Why is this relevant? Just to bring out that Eli was clueless. Torah wants to teach something. Gimel. V'baldaz v'yachshavei Eli l'shikoyra. Eli thought she was a shikr. Favasat Eli abgevart b'tzan esredinimir. Biziyad gendik titfila. V'yirashi taichd up Eli shaymer espia loshen hamtona. Etach gleichid after mafsig zaynan zemezel zayarais filim from Beis Havaya. You're not allowed to come into a Mishkan drunk. Eli didn't talk, didn't interrupt her. It says Eli Shomer Espia. Rashi says he watched her mouth. He waited, like it says Va'aviv Shomer Esadavra by Yaakov. Yaakov waited. Va'eli Shomer doesn't mean he watched her mouth. It means he waited till she finished her whole davening. Because Chana davened for a while. She spoke to Hashem there. She made the famous neder that if you're going to see my pain, I will dedicate this child. You'll give me a zera anoshim. You'll give me a child. I will dedicate him to Hashem all the days of his life. And after she finished, Eli turned to her. If you really see somebody came in intoxicated, you say, Hevra, uh, please, madam, this is not the right place. You can't come to the Mishkan Shiloh drunk. He didn't do that, he waited. Gimel. From them, Alam is Muchich. From all these questions, it's quite obvious, as Eliot in Nit Batracht, as Eliot in Batracht, Nit al in Poshetan not as in the minyan From all this, you could see Eli didn't just see a woman and thought she was just drunk. She went to a bar, and she finished a bottle of Zexa Neinziker, 96% alcohol, or two bottles of uh, French wine, and she came into the Mishkan. That's not what happened. Because then you would have all these questions. Rather, when it says he saw her drunk, it's a particular type of drunkenness, a particular type of intoxication. The smaint, it will be, he's going to explain. The smaint, the baldas that tfila von chan is given in anoifen, von hirbesele hispala, is a satfila yit seidem in amide was his nitkin dover harotsu, vem is oimid lefne hashem, bebeis hashem, kedele kamons iftas. He saw that she was davening in a specific way. It says, hirbesele hispala, she was davening excessively. And Eli felt that the way she was davening, was something that was inappropriate. And that's what he was expressing with the words shikris. Chana told Eli, you're wrong. She understood what he meant. I'm pouring out my soul. Eli felt 
that her davening is inappropriate. It's called an intoxicated davening. A it's a shikr dikadavan. It's not the right way to daven. The way he saw her davening. So Khan explained to him what was going on. And this type of davening, it's not a shikris in davening. On the contrary, it's a very profound way of davening. And this is the once we can understand this, we'll be able also to understand the connection of Tfilas Chana to Rosh Hashanah. Not just in the sense of that she was remembered on Rosh Hashanah or it happened on Rosh Hashanah, but rather as a blueprint for the avoid of Rosh Hashanah. Because the exchange, the debate that goes on between Eli and Chana, it's not just a debate between two people. It's a debate that actually captures and gives a perspective not only on the davening of Chana, but also on our davening on Rosh Hashanah and many tefillahs of Rosh Hashanah, Kiddullah, come on, as will be explained. Right, right. Yeah. It says, Hir is, he saw that Hir is follow. Yeah. We'll come back to it. This is just the general bloop, the, you know, the, the, the foundation. If you look at the Tfilis of Rosh Hashanah, you see a paradox. Rosh Hashanah is the Yoim Haddin of Ale Tzarchi Adam Heim Beruchne Zveim Begashmas. Rosh Hashanah is the day of judgment about all the needs of a person, whether it's needs in Ruchne, spiritual, spiritual needs or material needs. Via state, it says in Tehillah, Tiku Bachoide Shoifer Bakasaliyem Chagenu, Ki Choikli Yisrael Hu Mishpat Lelekei Yaakov. On this day you blow Shoifer, and he says it's Chaykli Yisrael Hu, Mishpat Lelekei Yaakov. From here the Gemara learns out of Masech to Rosh Hashanah, that Rosh Hashanah is the Yom HaMishpat. But it also says Chaykli Yisrael Hu. What does Chaykli Yisrael Hu? Literally it means, it's a statue, it's a Chayk, it's a law for the Jewish people. But there's also the interpretation, Chaykli Yisrael from Lashon, Hatrifeni Lechem Chuki. There's an expression in Mishlei, give me, Hatrifeni, give me the bread that I need. So not just it's a law for the Jewish people. That's the day that the chayk, the amount of bread, which includes all material needs, money and parnasa and sustenance and health and all that, in terms of housing, every person's physical life, all the material aspects, that's the day of chayk Yisrael. And then this mishpat lelekei Yaakov is the dinu mishpat efinyanim ruchnim vifus dal nimshech v'engilia lekuz benavsha. So the pasuk includes both chaykli Yisrael who is the chok the hatrifeni lechem chuki the amount of bread every person gets and bread here is a metaphor for all the needs of a person. Mishpat lelekei Yaakov is a mishpat how much elekus will be revealed in the person elekei Yaakov. Mishpat lelekei. How much elekus, the gili elekus, but that's also a din in Rosh Hashanah. How much elekus you'll be able to experience during the year. That's basically the spiritual life of the person. The two are, of course, connected. Haba hatalia. But it's two, it's two in yana. One is chaykli, so one is mishpat lelekei. When the fire betmen and the tefillahs of Rosh Hashanah, avbona, chayu, mazayna, onay chafatzloch in That's why, if you'll open up the machzer, the tefillahs of Rosh Hashanah, what does a Jew ask? He asks for blessings connected with children, all issues connected to family, chaya, which is all issues connected to life, health, life, and mezoina, which is all issues connected to sustenance. Bona, chaya, mezoina, which basically includes that these are the umbrella issues that most people, if not most, every person asks for. Your family, you, your children, life, sustenance. But we also ask Rosh Hashanah, not just for Gashmis, also for Hatzlacha, and everything connected to Ruchnis, Mishpat Lelekei Yaakov, for the Gili Yelikus Benavshay on Rosh Hashanah, on the whole year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mishpat Lelekei Yaakov is that you're Zoycha to be able to have transparency, to be able to feel this year oneness, to be able to feel Elikus, to be able to feel the oneness of the world. Yeah, that when you learn a maimon lekutatayra, it's a tachas zozachaplegin. It's a schos. It's not a 
Huh? What? In the land of Noach, yeah. <laughs> in the land of Noach, yeah. And when you're in the airport too. Yeah, when you're in the airport too, when you're in the office too. When you're trying to make a sale too. In other words, a person should be able to have the Gilead, the Kuzbanamshit, to be able to feel the connection and the oneness in their life. That's a gift. And as we always learn, there's layers and layers and layers and layers and layers and layers, endless. So that's also Mishpat Lilike Yaakov. So that's one element of Rosh Hashanah. And in many ways, that's the classic Rosh Hashanah, at least, from one perspective that will be discussed. It's Yom Adin, it's a day of judgment. The judge is deciding what the year is going to look like. So basically, you want to petition, you want to, uh, you want to ask, you want to beg, you want to ask for compassion, you want to dive in. That's one element of Rosh Hashanah. But the interesting thing is, if you look at the at the actual text of the Chazal of Rosh Hashanah, what do they discuss in Rosh Hashanah? Take a look at the Shemayna Esher. Shemayna Esher, you always know what a Yom Tov is, because that's the text that Anshak Nezer Zagdoyla made for Yom Tov. What's the theme of Rosh Hashanah there? Does it say once Yom Hadin? <laughs> Does it say even once Yom Hadin in Shemayna Esher? The theme is, Meloich ala oilam kuloi b'chvedach. On the other hand, it's known the main avoid of Rosh Hashanah. And the primary avoid is expressed in the davening of Rosh Hashanah. It's not just in the davening, it's the whole Rosh Hashanah, but it's expressed primarily in the davening, is the Tzamech Tzadik used to call the night of Rosh Hashanah Koronatsyanacht. The night of coronation. <laughs> the Jew coronates the Rebbeinu Shlodim as a king. Beloshin Chazal, the Gemara says in Masechet Rosh Hashanah, Davta Zayin and Davla Medalit, Shetam Lichuni Aleichem. Hashem tells the Jewish people, "I want you to make. I'm asking you, please make me a king over you." Only Mezak B'Tfilas Rosh Hashanah, Meloicha Leilam Kulei B'Chvaydecha. He Nasal Kolaritz B'Karecha. Vayfer Badagai Nuzecha. Vayeda Kolpol Kiyata Piyalta. We see what's the theme. And how do you finish the bracha? You always know how do they finish. Baruch Atah Hashem, Melech Al Kol Aretz, Mekadesh Yisrael V'Yom Azikar. So, yes, there is in the Musaf of Rosh Hashanah. There's a few references. You have Atah Zichroinus, right? That everything comes, everything comes in front of you, and you remember everything. And uh, you decide everything. It's not ignored. And we have a plenty piyutim uh, and all of our bakashas. But but you see in the in, in the brachas of Shmanaster themselves, in the Maidiv, in the Shachus, in the Mincha, Musaf includes much more because you have the Malchias, the Chreinus, And even in Musaf, you have the theme of Malchias, Tamlechoni Alechim, you have the theme of Shreifus. Vos Hachtores Hamelech. The theme of coronating a king and accepting his malchus always comes through a tnua. It requires a, a, a movement, a motion, an experience of bittel, of submission, of surrender to the king. What causes, what inspires the king to accept the coronation? What is the coronation of the king? It's basically the nation says, we want you. We're here for you. We want you to be our leader. The king recognizes the absolute submission and surrender of all of the subjects. Yechia Melech, as they would, they would scream. You have it in the Yechia Melech David Lo'olam in the Navi. Or other times. The Hachtara represents the time that the whole nation looks to the king and they say, we want you. Ein lanu melech elo To the point that the person at that moment is not so conscious of his own desires and his own needs. The focus is, I want you as the king. So it looks like you have here two themes that are contradictory. What is Rosh Hashanah? 
What is Rosh Hashanah? Is Rosh Hashanah about me? Rosh Hashanah about God? Beis Mishtet in Abitl Betachlis Tzamelech is menid begeder zu trachten und beten wegen eigener Zerachem. Was ist Shaykh Nordan, wenn man hat eigener Zerachem? Und das ist auch sehr viel über Shaykh Zerachem ist der Zerachem. Allah ist kam, wir kommen in der Gashmi ist der Kabakashis. Was ich sehe, ist die Ikir Adin von der Shoshana, kommen wir bei Gas Maimenes. Okay, du, was steht in der Kune Isaiah, als die, was beten bei Yemen der Kippure, auf Mesoyne, Sliche, Kapare, Chaye, Kasweine, Lechaye, das ist vom Zoyar, pretty sharp, seinen wie Kloven, was schreien, Hav, Hav. Er war so ein Dog, asking for food. Gib, gib, weil sie trachten wegen sich und nicht wegen der Schiene. Aber ledig ist er, seinen der Bakoshes auf Zorche, ja, der Mann eingestellt geworden, in Nusser hat viele durch Chazal, Chachamenu Zal. Und sie sind mir weiter, dass der Moses des Mann rotzen, auf Milia Bakoshes wechuli. Was von dem ist verstanden, dass der Bakoshes davon sein, nicht nur mit Zat Kabbalah soll, für bald der Eberstadt geheißen, als jeden Betten seine Zrochen. Aiden beten seine Zache bei der Shoshana. Tut er das ein Bläusbuch, der zu mir kam, seine Nationalien. Nur in den Öfen hat er Rotzen, wer hergisch, und die Zrache machen wir kaschen. Das heißt, von einer Seite darf man wählen und mechaven sein in dem Tel von Davenen, als der Eberstadt soll ihm geben seine Zrache. Was der beifordert sich, man soll füllen der eigene Messias. Mager sein, was es fällt ihm. Und zusammen damit darf er sein durchgenommen mit dem Durchführen, dem Tamlechunni Aleichem, was fordert er vollständig ein Bittel, was es schreit und eigene Messias. Ah, ja. 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 We have a two completely different experiences. Given even a, given even a metaphor. It's not a perfect metaphor, but uh, just to illustrate the idea. We don't have today really the concept of Malchus. You know, we live, uh, we live in a democracy. <laughs> but uh, for most of history, people grew up with uh, a king was an absolute ruler. Well, we don't even understand what it means. Even in England, you have the queen, but it's not. Uh, it's ceremonial, you know. It's good for, for tourists, for Buckingham Palace tourism. And, you know, it's ceremonial, it's, uh, the, the, it's, it's the people, it's the spirit, it's not absolute power. Well, other places you have kings or queens. But in, for m- most of history, the monarch had absolute power. But even today by us, you don't have a king, you have a president who's democratically elected, and four years later he's gone. We could still, I think, understand the marshal. Just, just understand something. We just uh, give it again. It's not a perfect metaphor, but I think I'll illustrate it. The president, the new president of the United States of America, is nominated. They go to elections. Everyone votes, and the victor emerges victorious. And it's the inauguration day. This celebrity confreilich in Washington or wherever the country and the city where the inauguration of that particular king or queen or president or prime minister or leader. And the person gets up and everybody is cheering, Yichi HaMelech, or whatever the the appropriate expression, uh, huh? Save the, whatever the appropriate expression of that culture is, yeah. When an alta Yidl crawls up, comes up, and says, wait, 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 wait. Mr. President, Mr. President, you know, on my block in front of my house, there's a pothole. And every day I trip over there. Okay, if you're the leader of this country, could you take care of the pothole? Got to fix it. (laughs) Okay, so let's hope that he comes out, you know, B'Shane V'yayin, he comes out in one piece. Something is off. What's off? He's my president. He's responsible for the country. Doesn't want to do it himself. Get somebody. You're right. He's the president. He's ultimately responsible. The buck stops here. But as I say, everything has a time and everything has a place. Today is the day of inauguration. Today is not the day. Ask not (laughs) what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Today is ask not what the king can do for you, ask what you can do for the king. That's the focus. 
Tomorrow, come in, make an appointment with the bureaucrats. Hopefully you'll have mazel and the bureaucracy won't be that bad. And get all the potholes on your block fixed. And if you could already change the sewage system and the cesspool system and a lot of other things, if you get a few lights up, it would all be nice and good. It's not just, it's off time and it's off place. In other words, you come back tomorrow. The teichen is a different teichen. It's a different experience. The question is if it's about you or it's about me. It's a very different question. What stage am I in? You come to a come to a chassan by his wedding, under the chuppah or dancing. Yeah, you go into the circle. You go to the chuppah. Say, by the way, yeah, the investment <laughs> that you made last year, you still owe me. You have to give me seven thousand dollars in this, right? You may be a thousand percent right. You may be a million percent right, but you're just off. You're just off. Like for ten minutes, don't think about you about yourself. Not that you're bad. Not that you don't need the $7,000. You do. <laughs> you do. It's his chuppah. It's his wedding. It's a different word. What's hachtar of a melech? You coronate a king. What's the focus? The focus is on the melech. Millions of subjects would come. That's how it was in, in Malchus Bas of Adam. And again, we're not getting into if the king was a despot or a nice person. Many of the kings were crazy tyrants. That's a different akuda. But even if you have the best, most beautiful king, then what's the focus? The whole nation comes together and say, we want you. Long live our king. What's felt at that moment is the zeitgeist of the nation, the spirit of the people embodied in their leader. Especially when it's a genuine leader who's a selfless leader. What's a real leader? A leader is somebody, he captures the spirit of the people, the soul of the people. That's what le- real leadership is. Real leadership, therefore, is selfless. Leadership is not, I'm going to control you. That's not leadership. That's called dictatorship. That's not a malach. That's a moishu. Malchus is really berotzen. It's that this person really lives the people. The Rambam says, a melech who lave kol kahal Yisrael. He's the heartbeat of the nation. He's the heart of the people. Lahavdil, there were great, great tyrants and dictators, some of the worst in history, who understood this so well. Yeah. What did they manage to do? They managed to manipulate the nation and they became the embodiment of the nation and the whole youth was enamored by them and captured by them and swallowed up by them. They became a replacement for Tati, Mami, God, religion, truth, morality, ethics. And they used that nation pride and stolz and identity to do the worst things. The pinnacle of this was Germany in the 1930s. Yes. But Germany more effectively. In terms of the youth, the pride of the youth, yes. But Russia, Russia didn't do bad. Stalin didn't do bad for himself. Just like a regular father... Not a, my son is not my friend. Oh. Closer than a friend. It's not like I'm a father. I'm further than a friend. Much closer than a friend. Just to show me that king, but much closer than a father, closer than a king. It's a much closer relationship. Hey, He's not saying you shouldn't ask God for your requests. You're not saying you shouldn't ask. But the nekuda of Kabbalah Samalchos, yeah, is. When the nation loses its individuality and they become connected to that one unifying reality which was rendered by the king. Again, in our culture, we're very suspicious of all these things because of what happened in history. So we are highly, uh, we focus very much on individualism, right? (laughs) We don't want to give up our individualism. I'm talking American culture, Western culture. I'm not talking about individual communities, right? And people who are become very suspicious because this could be manipulated very easily. There's a there's a corrupt guy, and of course everyone gives up their individuality. So that's why I understand this uh, <laughs> the the suspicion that it conjures. But I want you to understand in the Kuda, in the most ideal, beautiful way, right? 
a real leader galvanizes the spirit of the nation. And in that moment, in that moment when he is coronated or when he is living up to that moment of being the great leader, what's experienced by the people is not themselves and their needs. What's experienced by the people is their oneness that's embodied in the spirit of the nation that comes to their connection, that comes from their connection with this leader who brings them all together and represents a certain ideal. When somebody now emerges and says, but I have a pothole, you're right. You have a pothole. But it's extremely inappropriate. It's mamish out of context. It means you, you really don't get it. You're not part of this. So that's the question of Rosh Hashanah. On one hand, what's Rosh Hashanah? What would be the Nekudin Avoid over there? The Nekudin Avoid over there? Ask not what God could do for you. Ask what you can do for God. That's the Nekudin. No, Right, but... It's not... It's not about minutes... It's not about it's not about minutes. It's what's what's the mahus of Rosh Hashanah? When a person is in a state of complete bittel to the king, so it's not about my wills, my desires, with what I want. Even Ruchni is not. Certainly not Gashmis, but even Ruchni is not. That's why the Zoyar is so sharp. And we're gonna have to understand what the Zoyar means. The Zoyar says that people on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur are asking for their food. It's like the dogs. That's what he calls them, clover. What the, the dog wants, one thing. More snacks, more snacks, more snacks. So stop thinking about yourself. Start thinking about the Shechina. So it's very interesting, Zoya. But who's the one who spoke about the tefillahs for personal things? Also the Chazal. The same Chazal. Put it into the text. So you could say, just do it. The Bakashas, it should be Mitzat Kabbalah In other words, Hashem says, ask for your needs on Rosh Hashanah. But that's not the Pshat. The Pshat is that... A person, they, they want, it's, it's not just to be like a robot and do it because Hashem said and you really don't feel your needs. That's not the Havana. They said that this is as man rotsin familiar bakashas, in other words. It's a time to feel it and to experience the need. So what is, what is Rosh Hashanah? Is it about me? Or is it about him? On one side, you want Hashem should give you your needs. And that means you feel yourself, you feel your voids, you feel your passions, you feel the potholes in your life, you feel it, you experience it, and that's what you're asking for. And for that, you have to experience yourself and your identity. On the other hand, you say, what's the Nekud of Rosh Hashanah? Shetam Lichuni Aleichem. Shetam Lichuni Aleichem is the complete submission, the complete surrender. You're my king. It's actually not about me. Now, you could really ask the same question about the whole year. By the Tfilu von Shmeina Esra is the Mespalal Ka'imid Lufnei Melech. The Gemara says in Shabbos that by Shmeina Esra you're standing in front of the king. Different than a whole day, than the rest of the day. Person stands in front of the king. It's not a time for self-expression. The Gemara says a story in Masechus Chagiga that there was a fellow, he was making signs in front of the king and it was considered treason. In other words, not only uh, speaking disrespectfully, but even just doing his own thing. Why? Because in front of the Melech, there's a complete sense of reverence, of awe. And yet the 12 middle brachas of Shemina Esra is all about your own needs. So you're standing in front of the king, and that's a very real experience. That's what davening is. Different than the rest of the day. And as he says in 27, the moment of Shemina Esther is like a moment of awe and reverence. You're coming in right here, and you lose yourself. I said, no, 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 don't lose yourself. you got to talk about your needs. And in Shmak Elena, you could discuss anything you want, whatever you want, from your dentist appointments to your anxiety 
from your bills to your stress, from your children to your job, from your marriage to your health situation, and everything in between. And every bracha, really, you can add whatever you want, by the way, as long as it's part of the theme of that bracha. That's the Allah Shulchan Aruch. This is not like a robot, just ask for your need, just say the words. It's about a person feeling and experience me, my passion, my needs, my feelings. Again, l'chayre, the same paradox. But there's really a big difference between the davening of Rosh Hashanah and the davening of Meaning a whole year, it's after the coronation. In our marshal, it's the day after the president Lahavdal was inaugurated. So now there's of course still a relationship and a connection. But now you're running a country. You're running a country. This is what the country needs. Say, don't ask what the country needs. Just ask, what, what do you mean? You're a leader. The day after I come in, I tell you, hey, this is what I need. This is what I want. I got that. True, when you're standing in front of the King Mamish, that's like Shemayna Esra, it's recognizable that the Metzius of the Medina, the Metzius of the country is not independent. It's under the king. So there's a respect, there's a reverence. But why did you come into the appointment? <laughs> you came in to discuss your needs. I can understand that. That's the day after the coronation. Rosh Hashanah is something else. Rosh Hashanah is the day of Kabbalah Samalchus. Rosh Hashanah is the day Shetam Lichuni Aleichem. Then the focus is what? Not how the Melech is a din in the country. How the Melech is a leader of the country. The focus in Kabbalah Samalchus is the Melech himself. Especially in the Nimshal, because you have to inspire the king to become a king. He's completely aloof. Like we always learn, a Malchus is a Tzimtzum. Malchus is a descent. For Hashem to be a Melech, it requires a tremendous Tzimtzum, a tremendous concealment of energy to be a Melech. A Melech means there's a world, there's a relationship with the world. Like we always learn in the Maimarium So what you need to inspire, inspire the desire for the relationship. What inspires the desire? What inspires the desire is the complete connection, the complete authentic relationship where there's nothing outside of the relationship itself. I want you. So I ask not what you do for me, rather the focus is not how you can help me, how you can treat me, how you can enhance my life, which is all great stuff, but that's the next step. And yet we see, so that's why the paradox of davening a whole year exists, but it's, but it's, it could be explained in more easier terms than Rosh Hashanah when you have Mamish, two polar opposites that seem one extreme to another extreme. Okay, we'll stop here. We'll continue by Hashem tomorrow. Verstanden? The cautious? Good gewünscht, yeah. But the Gersh Gerets, so it's better than all the good things. Ah. Ah, okay, I didn't. I mentioned the airport because I was in the airport. <laughs> yeah. You have to know what Kabbalah Samalchus means. We're not used to that concept. We always think in terms of me, what I, what, what I need, what I want. You understand? You understand?
Kabbalah Samalchus is a, it's a very edel Indian. A person is not thinking about his needs. Is that possible even? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's the 12 brachas, the 12 middle brachas, is personal requests. The first three and last three not. First three we praise Hashem, the last three we thank. From Ritzay till the end, and till Hamela, till Akela Kaddish, Hamelech Kaddish. But from Atachoyne, Ladam Das. Yeah? The next 12 brachas, they're called the 12 middle brachas, I'm sorry, it's all Bakasha Strachov. Individual and collective. Whether wisdom, or forgiveness, or redemption, or health, or parnasa, or gu'ula, or anti-Semitism, Jew hatred. So he says the same paradox, you should ask about every Shmanasra. You're standing in front of the king, you're not allowed to even make movements with your hands, gestures that represents any separation, and then you start talking about yourself, and you're feeling it. So, but the Rebbe says it's not the same Shaila like Rosh Hashanah because a whole year it's already the king is in office, <laughs> president is in office. Yeah, you're coming for an appointment. You're right. You're standing in front of the king. You're not just an independent uh, person running a show, but you're asking for your needs. That makes sense. Makes much more sense. But Rosh Hashanah is the day of coronation. It's the moment of coronation. The moment of coronation. I told you the marshal. The king gets up and everyone is screaming. Long live the king! And you come and you say, "I have a pothole." It's uh, you. You missed it. It's not just the middle of The whole Rosh Hashanah is Kabbalah Samalchus. No, you have all the piyutim and this. There's plenty, plenty of stuff. Zachreinu l'chaim also. So it looks like personal because Rosh Hashanah is like really out of place. L'cha'ira. We're not, uh, we're not done yet. But the Zoyer is so sharp. The Zoyer says, Allah, it's like a dog. In other words, the dog, when he says a dog, he's not cursing. He's like, a dog. like basically, you know, you're just like on a level of an animal. The dog is very loyal, but for one reason. <laughs> he wants food. I mean, you have dogs who, uh, you know. No, but they, they depend on, completely on the human. I'm saying you have dogs who will do acts of uh, sacrifice for the master. They have personalities. They do this, this, that. That's the whole But he says the point is the dog's loyalty, at least in many cases, is you want to just give, 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 have, have, have. So basically, my loyalty to God is, I know you're the master, you're the boss, you have the paycheck, you got the money in the account. Of course, I'm loyal to you. So the Zoya is very disparaging of that. It's like, really? That's a relationship? And yet, it's not that we say, okay, yeah, you're right. But many of us who are on a low level, that's what we, yeah, that's true. Our relationship with God is just, because he's the boss, you're right. I have no loyalty outside of that. But he says that's not the case because the Chazal themselves established this. They put this into the fabric of Rosh Hashanah. That it's uh, the right time to ask requests. And it's Chaykli Yisrael Hu, Mishpat And there's different things we do for that. And we speak about it. So that means it's it's, not, it, it's part of the nobility of Rosh Hashanah. It's not just, you know, B'dayevid, if you're not on a higher level, okay. So that's the question. Where, how do the two really converge? That's the the tension that we remain here with, that we will address. So don't discourage. No, no, not yet, not yet. <laughs> this current no, the coronation happens every year. Ed of Rosh Hashanah, so to speak, God says, we're done. So we have a presidential. We yeah, it's brand new. We have a presidential yeah. election every year. Presidential election every year, not just presidential. Monarch, <laughs> monarchy. I'm talking about. From the, from the we have a presidential election every year, yeah. every year. Yeah. Uh, Israel is very similar to the Jewish system, so they do it very often. That's why in Israel there's so many elections so often. <laughs> I once heard a Shia from Rabbi Yosha Ber Soloveitchik, Rabbi J B Soloveitchik. So he said, a tape, a recording. 
So he said that when he was a child, he learned in a city called, he lived in a city called Chaslavich. Chaslavich, Chaslavich. It's a, it's, ah, Chaslavich is a city in Belarus, Belarus, Lithuania. His father was the Rav, Reb Moshe Soloveitchik, was the Rav of Chaslavich. It's Reb Chaim, oh, so he was Reb Chaim Soloveitchik's Pachar. But the city was a Chabatsky city. But the, the Rav was a Sol- Rabbi Soloveitchik, Reb Moshe Soloveitchik was the oldest son of Reb Chaim Briska. Later he came to America, he became the Rosh Hashiva of Rabbeinu Yitzhak Al-Khanam. When he passed away, his son, Rabbi Yosheber took over. Rabbi Yosef Doiv was his son, grandson of Reb Chaim. He was named after his great-grandfather, the Beis Halevi, Reb Chaim's father, Rabbi Yosef Doiv. So he took over his father, Reb Moshe. But Reb Moshe was the Rav of Chaslavich. So Rabbi Yosheber, I heard this a recording from him. So he said that his malamet was a Lubavitcher malamet. So, uh, so <laughs> he said, <laughs> interesting thing. He said once that... Uh, his father caught the teacher learning Tanya with the boys. His father got very upset. Uh, and his father told Reb Chaim, they went, they should go Yomtev to Reb Chaim, to Brisk, and he told Reb Chaim. He said that uh, Reb Chaim called him in after, and he says, do let in Tanya, Chaim Soloveitchik told his grandson, you make sure to learn Tanya, you're going to need it. <laughs> Interesting, huh? Reb Chaim told them. Huh? And, uh, he used to teach the Kudotet in the summer in Boston, yeah. I heard from Rabbi Ganek. Huh? Yeah? You went? He had a special place, it had a special place in his heart, no question. So, uh, so he said, so he said in this year, he was talking to his Talmudim that before Rosh Hashanah, he said, he said like this, he said, I learned about Rosh Hashanah in all the Svarim. I know what it says in Rosh Hashanah in Bavli and Yerushalmi. You know, he spoke like a, a Litvish Rosh Hashiva. I know the Bavli Rosh Hashanah, I know Yerushalmi Rosh Hashanah. I know it by heart almost. And I know what the Rishonim say Rosh Hashanah, I know what the Achiroinim say Rosh Hashanah, I know the Sifri Musa say Rosh Hashanah, I know the Rambam. And he went through a list that he, you know, he read everything that says Rosh Hashanah. But he says, but the appreciation of what Rosh Hashanah is, <laughs> I got from Lakut Torah, and he said from that teacher, when I was eight years old, that teacher, he says, our teacher, Erev Rosh Hashanah in class, looked at us, and he said, what's happening tonight? So we said it's Rosh Hashanah. So our teacher said that Samach Tzedek used to say, this is why you heard it when I said before I heard it from him, that Samach Tzedek used to say that it's coronation night. So uh, he would turn to us and say, who is who has to be coronated? So Rabbi Salve says, I was a smart boy. So I said, Nicholas, the Tsar of Russia was Nikolai uh, Romanov. He was ultimate, ultimately killed by the Bolsheviks. In 1917, him, his wife, all the kids, they murdered them. But he was the Tsar, Nicholas II. So when Rabbi Salavitchik was a little child, early 1900s, Nikolai was the Tsar. So he says, Nicholas. So he says, my teacher in Chaslavich looks at, <laughs> which means he's no king. He's no king. Which is interesting. You have a little of poor Jew in Ashtetl, doesn't have a few rubles probably to spare. You had the czars in their hermitage palaces in Petersburg with the wealthy, from the wealthiest families in the world. Yeah. He says, <laughs> he says, besides, he was already, he already, we already, uh, coronated him as a czar a couple of years ago. What do we have to coronate him again? So he was not impressed with my, uh, with my answer. And then he said, Tonight we're going to coronate, it was Erev Rosh Hashanah, tonight we're going to coronate the master of the world, Hashem. And he says, and who's going to coronate him? Who's going to coronate him? And he says, my Malamad looked and said, Chaim Yankel the Shuster, Chaim Yankel the Shoemaker, and Zelig the Schneider, Zelig the Tailor, and he went through the names, and the baker, and the innkeeper, he went through all the Aram Yidalach, all the poor Jews in Chaslavich. He says, they're the ones who are going to coronate uh, the king of the universe. <laughs> so, by Soloveitchik said.
Coronation. Inauguration night. Yeah, inauguration so that's a feeling of complete, complete oneness, complete bittel, complete surrender, complete submission. But then there's the opposite focus, l'chayre. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the crown you put on the king. And, and the whole nation, so to speak, becomes subsumed in that moment of oneness. Of oneness. Which, as I said, we're, set, we're allergic to these concepts because it's been so exploited by dictators. But in the ideal world, we're talking about Hashem. In the ideal world, this is the this is the real power of a people. The the, the, un, the unifying spirit of a nation, when it's really based on oneness, not based on manipulation and terror, and exploitation and abuse and uh, etc. So I'm saying the West went to the opposite extreme. The other side of Rosh Hashanah, though, as we say, yeah. That, that's the question. That's the question of the Sikh. We'll continue tomorrow. Okay. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.